Thank you for joining me for Moments to Ponder the Psalms. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 39. As we continue into this second section of the Psalms, we encounter a new author, Asaph. Asaph was a great singer and musician of David and Solomon's era, and he's mentioned often in the Chronicles. He's also known for speaking openly about the corruption within the king's court, and other commentaries actually say his psalms are prophetic. But one thing is for certain, he doesn't mince any words. The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, and He is not silent. Fire devours everything in His way, and a great storm rages around Him. He calls on the heavens above, and the earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who have made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O my people, Listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them. And you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. And while you did all this, I remained silent. And you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you listing all my charges against you. Repent. 
all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will review to you the salvation of God. Psalm 50 Okay, so let's break down this psalm. The first six verses speak of who God is, the Mighty One, Lord over all humanity, and glorious in His radiance. He is not silent, and He Himself is the judge. Then, as a judge, He speaks And the next two sections are words to his people and to the wicked. He calls them out. He tells his people that he sees their sacrifices, but reminds them that he doesn't want their empty rituals. They have lost sight of the sacrifice's significance, and they're just going through the motions of faith. He reminds them that he doesn't actually need anything. He knows every bird. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So he tells them to make thankfulness their sacrifice to God, to keep their vows to him. He's telling them to be faithful. And to the wicked, he is also straight up saying, don't pretend. Why bother? I see you treating my words like trash. And your mouth is full of wickedness and lies, so don't fake it. I am purposely remaining silent, and you think I don't care. But I won't be silent forever. Oh man, this is like his people considered him more like a superman instead of who he actually is. God, enthroned in the heavens, holy Lord, They have become too casual and easy with their relationship with God and have just gone through motions. And make no mistake, his patience and long-suffering doesn't mean he doesn't care about sin. But in his holiness and grace, he is making space for repentance, for confession. I've heard people question why God doesn't strike down evil speaking in judgment over other people's lives and actions. And Peter speaks to this in 2 Peter 3.9, when he says, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So He waits. Yet there's also another underlying question within this. Why doesn't God make life easier then for those that do follow him? I recently read these words from Jill Briscoe, and I think she says it so well. She says, It's as if we feel we have an inalienable right to a charmed life, but God wants us to stop whining. He wants us to humbly submit and bear the difficulty patiently. God was constantly telling the Israelites to stop it. In fact, 
he's still telling us in the New Testament how he felt about all the grumbling his people did in the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says, Do not grumble as some of them did. And they were killed by a destroying angel. If the destroying angel meted out such drastic punishment today, I wonder how many people would be left. Jill continues to say, It comes down to a willingness to be broken by the circumstances of life that God, in His sovereign grace, permits. When you do that, your faith distress becomes faith developed. You can have faith in the loving compassion of a merciful God who will, moment by moment and crisis by crisis, supply all the grace you need. And that's the hard part. A willingness to be broken by circumstances of life. Knowing that God in His sovereign grace is permitting it and knowing that our loving, compassionate, merciful God will supply all the grace we need. I know I want to be able to do that, but I still find myself asking Him, what is going on? One thing that I found to help me walk in this in a more willing way is thankfulness. I found that when I focus on gratitude, looking at what I really can be thankful for, it does change how I see things. It allows me to see the circumstances in life in a little different perspective because it reminds me who's in control and that even just being thankful for a sunshiny day, birds singing, flowers blooming, It just reminds me that our Creator is still in control. And that if He can time when flowers will bud, then He can time my life. And that helps me. How are you at being thankful? Do you make it your sacrifice to God? In verses 14 and 15 of this psalm, It says, Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. God knew it would be hard to be thankful sometimes and that it would come as even a sacrifice to be thankful, to allow ourselves to see the broken pieces and be thankful. And he goes on to say, Keep the vows you made to the Most High. He knew that it would take our obedience and commitment in our faith to sacrifice and allow ourselves to be thankful. It's a willingness to be broken by circumstances in order to have our faith developed. It only makes sense because of who God is. He tells us in verses 14 and 15 to make thankfulness our sacrifice, right? So can I ask you a hard question? Are you finding yourself just going through the motions of faith these days? Have you lost sight of the significance of the sacrifice of Jesus? 
verse 23 tells us that by giving thanks, it's a sacrifice that truly honors God. And if we keep to His path, He will review to us the salvation of God. And for that, we can be thankful. May you live into thankfulness for what He has given you and never lose sight of the significance of His sacrifice for you. May you keep to His path and hold tightly to the knowing that His grace is sufficient. He is enough. He will supply all you need, which in reality is Him. Amen.